Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Welcome back to Beyond the Sermon podcast. Today here is April 3rd, and this morning we are in Acts chapter 19, beginning verse 21, looking through chapter 20, verse 6. As we watch Paul in this conflict around the goddess Artemis, the temple of Artemis there in Ephesus, and our main teaching idea this morning was that changed people have changed priorities. And what we really saw there in the in the picture of that conflict is just how how substantially lives are being changed because it had a literal economic impact that started the conflict. The the silversmith Demetrius there was spurred up and said, uh, "Look, our whole industry is being threatened because now." These of these Christians, and we got to get rid of them. And so, again, the, the main teaching idea this morning was that changed people have changed priorities or new priorities. And so, we're going to walk through your questions here today as we are on the on the beyond the uh, beyond the sermon podcast. Uh, and I'm joined by Carl Meese. Carl, that was beyond the Hello. sermon podcast is a tongue twister. It is. You got to say it five times fast, man. Beyond the sermon. 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 But you're supposed to say Bond the Serum podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, it's too late. Oh, man. But you did, did it. Once. You were so yeah. close. You were so <laughs> close. Carl, Carl is better at speaking. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But. Or I just use so many words here. Uh, we record this live right after the second For service. Sure. So my, uh, my, my, my uh, mouth muscles, my speaking they muscles are worn out. <laughs> Tons of convos after the service too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. respect it. Oh, so Carl, uh, Carl's here as our guest today on the podcast. And what we do on the Beyond the Sermon podcast is we want to create a dialogue around God's word through your questions. So Carl is our brand new uh, student ministry director, and your focus area within student ministry is large groups. So our Wednesday night gatherings mm-hmm. and our Sunday morning gatherings for middle school and high school students. So Carl, welcome to the staff. Thank you. And uh, just give us a little a little background. Who was who Carl Meese? Bring mm-hmm. us into the mind of Carl Meese. <laughs> that can be tough even for me sometimes, but I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can jump in. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I, just into the foyer, man. We don't want to go too far. <laughs> <laughs> Not into the confessional. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so excited to be here. It's such a privilege to work with students. I've actually been telling um, some friends recently that it's a dream that I didn't even know that I had. So even pulling up a couple weeks ago to the church, coming into the parking lot and yeah, just feeling the father's love over Mm. me and over this specific time and this role and just feeling something stirring in me and seeing, um, yeah, just getting to interact with the middle schoolers and the high schoolers and, and see them just light up when they get to, to know the Lord more and connect with their yeah. friends and in community. So yeah, I think, um, my heart is awakening more and more for students. I had, cool. uh, at the beginning of, um, this past year, 2021, uh, was just kind of thinking about where I wanted to be and having a conversation with my wife. And yeah, we were just thinking, you know, 10 years from now, what, what's something that we want to do together? And I just, I, the first word that came to mind was discipleship. And so, mm. um, thinking about what context that could be in, I didn't know that that would be youth, but yeah. through, uh, some changes that summer and seeing, um, God's gathered people at a conference that I went to. Um, yeah, just creating space for people to encounter God. That just yeah. was the second moment for me of like, oh my gosh, like it is in his design that we can come together and create space um, to know him, to interact with God. And 
and then started getting some calls about some different youth roles and yeah. um, excited to, to jump on staff here. Yeah. So. Well, we're, man, we're excited to have you. And so your wife is Maddie. Yes. And you guys yeah. have been married how long? We just had our two year anniversary All on right. March 21. So. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just got married not too long ago mm-hmm. and, uh, and then came from California. So you're living in the Bay yes, area, living in the Bay area. But Love it you to death. grew up here. I did. So this is your home church. It is my home church. Yeah. Um, came to know the Lord in this church in the children's wing and thankful for Karen Heiligenthal and, and my mom that was Amen. <laughs> yeah. on staff then. Yeah. So. And if you don't know Carl's mom, Patty Meese. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I saw you sitting with your mom and dad here in second I service. I did. It was right? kind of surreal. It's I was like, wow, surreal. seven years, you know, away doing yeah. my own thing in some sense. And so yeah. cool to be back with that. Yeah. And now you're hanging out here. Mm-hmm. So we're, man, we're blessed to have you and Maddie here and just mm-hmm. for what the Lord is going to do in you guys and, and through you in this, in this place. Yeah. So this morning we, you know, we're kind of, we're confronted with this, this idea of idols. And, and when we read the Bible, sometimes we can read these stories that feel so old and so disconnected, right? Because um, there's no temple to Artemis in Ames, right? Mm-hmm. There's no temple to Artemis really even in our regional context that seems so foreign and other right. from our experience that we go I, I know at least for me that when I my first blush reading of, of passages like this I go well thankfully I'm not like that mm. you know or yeah. yeah I guess they struggled with idols of wood or stone I don't mm. struggle with that how does this even golden calf golden like. calf <laughs> yeah which that's a whole other thing I like Aaron when he makes them you know and then Moses comes down and yeah. and Aaron's all like I you I just mm, I don't know man I don't know how this happened <laughs> like you know but then but before that he goes Israel here are the gods that delivered you yeah. you know like man. that's a whole other story but but we don't we don't necessarily have those physical items that we believe are indwelled with with deity, right? We, mm-hmm. we believe uh, are indwelled with divine power. And so we pray to them or we offer sacrifices to them. We don't have those physical objects in our culture or in our mm-hmm. region. In our okay? context, yeah. And so it seems so other from our context, and we can easily just dismiss something like this. Um, but, but the reality is that we, we do have idols. Mm-hmm. You know, an idol is simply anything that we make, uh, we elevate onto the status of God. So, um, you know, I think one of the things that we were just talking about here before we hit the record button was this idea of how do I diagnose the idols in my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I gave two points here today and said, you know, it's a self-medicating or coping technique. Often Mm -hmm. the idols in our lives, one, to either gain control or to numb Mm -hmm. uh, my experience. And um, so for you, how do you... Uh, how do you diagnose the idols that are in mm. your life? The things that are uh, that you're putting in place of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great question. <clears throat> and I think uh even before knowing what the idol is, for me, it's yeah, identifying unhealthy habits. Mm. And usually that unhealthy habit is like the leaves on the tree, and I have to kind of navigate down the tree into oh. the roots to figure out what's going on beneath the surface yeah. that um, is causing those things. So for me that um, I, I, one of the things that I think about is this, it's maybe too binary, but some people when, um, they enjoy work or just their natural bend is to yeah. dive really hard into yeah. work. Yeah. And, uh, this is kind of funny because we're coworkers and I'm sharing this right now. We <laughs> are, we are, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but 
And then I think some other people's tendency is to disengage yeah. from either work or just in general. Yeah. Um, and to kind of disengage from reality and uh, just go somewhere else in their mind or yeah. on their screen or whatever it is. Yeah. And so for me, I can tell sometimes as it's happening, but often afterwards um, when I'm just starting to doom scroll or I'm throwing on a podcast yeah. um, or something to that effect. Uh, and I know that something's off. I usually have to stop and pause mm. and say, okay, what, <laughs> why am I starting to pull back? Why am I disengaging? Yeah. And then from that point, um, oh, was there something that like made me frustrated or irritable and using yeah. my emotions actually as like a temperature gauge, not saying that they're bad yeah. um, or good, but saying, oh, I was just irritable in that moment. What just happened? Oh, was I out of control in this situation? Or um, was I jealous of somebody? Yeah. And that caused some irritability. And now I'm, you know, on my phone and scrolling. And yeah. sometimes it can be hard to see that chain reaction. But yeah. for me, it's yeah. I, I love to use emotions to kind of identify okay. um, that something's off and then try to figure out yeah. what it is. I think that's a really helpful picture, man. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. I think that's important, right? Because because our idols aren't of wood or stone necessarily, yeah. mm -hmm. um, we, we tend to idolize ideas. Mm -hmm. We tend to idolize, um, you know, feelings mm -hmm. in, in, our, in our context, in our culture. And so because of that, that's, I think that's a really helpful word for us. We need to go back and identify what are those emotions, mm -hmm. you know, the leaves that are on the tree there that then will lead us back to mm -hmm. the thing that I'm really making my comfort, my stability, my salvation. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, absolutely. And, um, and so, uh, so as you're saying, right. So when you, when you start to feel, when you, when you realize that you're disengaging, mm. it's because there's something that's been tripped absolutely. inside of you mm -hmm. yeah. and, and you're using that disengagement to bring you comfort mm -hmm. or to bring you stability, yep. right. Or just yeah. to numb the, numb the pain or the uncomfort For of sure. whatever yeah. you're walking through. Um, I, I think you can do it on the, on the flip side, right. Mm -hmm. When am I the most happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, I, th I mean, I think of this, right? We, you know, when we, when we abandon uh, relationships and we just go, well, it didn't make me happy, mm. you know, or we abandon, you know, any number of things, it, it, that, that feeling of happiness was, was my idol, mm. you know what I mean? And so um, I had this picture of that's what makes me, you know, uh, or, or the relationship was my idol. Yeah. If I just had a better one. Right. Or, or work. Um, when am I the happiest? If I'm the happiest at work, that's great. You know, God is, God's made us to work. Totally. Right. We should enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet if, if I see all of my identity, my worth and my value wrapped up in my accomplishments in my career, mm -hmm. yeah, then I've made that my salvation. You yep. know what I mean? And so I think even it could be negative emotions, but it can also be positive emotions. Oh yeah. You know? So when am I the happiest? When am I the most fulfilled? When am I the most contented? Mm -hmm. If it's not with Jesus yeah. or if I'm not thanking him for the blessing that whatever that thing is, totally. right? If I'm ascribing that the power over my life to control my emotions, I've probably elevated it to a position of being an idol. That's totally the disordered priorities that you were talking about today. Yeah. Like, you enjoy something so much, so then you start spending more time doing it, and then you're running on adrenaline, and all this other stuff happens, and you start to put away yeah. um, other healthy habits and things that are in your life. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's totally a way that you can identify what you're idolizing by, yeah, this time investment and um, seeing other things kind of go to the wayside because of this yeah. focus area that you have. Yeah, I think even as parents, right, we think of, I mean, our children, our, the Bible tells us over and over again that our children are a blessing. 
you know, and yet how many, how many, how many dads live out their unfulfilled dreams Mm. through their kids or moms, you know what I mean? Like we, we push our kids to be more of who we wish we were. Mm. And we've, we, again, we create this idol out of them. And yet, are we enjoying them for who they are as a blessing from God? Do I see them that I'm stewarding them or that if, if somehow that dream doesn't come true, am, have I failed? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I, one of a, a really godly, mature, high, I saw Carl, you know, what you learn about me is I'm a high productivity guy. Like if I'm not achieving, I often feel mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just dismantled. And, um, and which I know is, a, is something I often need to repent of and give mm-hmm. back to Jesus. You know, uh, John 15, five is, is a verse that always calls me back and says, mm-hmm. Jesus says, uh, if you remain, if you abide in me, mm-hmm. right, you will bear a fruit that lasts, mm-hmm. you'll bear much fruit. But if you do not remain in me, mm-hmm. apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a verse that calls me back all the time out of my sin of, uh, of or me making productivity an idol. Right. Yeah, what does it look like for you to remain in him in the being productive? Like, yeah. What does that healthy posture look like? Yeah, so I think I think there's a phrase that I've come to, and it's that, am I doing things for Jesus or with Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and so, yeah, um, he's called me, he's given me energy, he's given me gifts to, to do things and get things done, um, but I need to be doing them with him, mm-hmm. not just for him. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really is kind of in that moment, even in, when I was, uh, preaching today saying our religious obedience can become uh, an idol, mm-hmm. right? Every time I look back and I go, Jesus, don't you love me because I did this, this, and this? Don't you love me because look at that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, uh, that didn't make me love you. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't because of you. Mm-hmm. That was because of me. <laughs> I feel know? like we don't even notice that as it's happening. But no, we it, just start thinking about mm-hmm, all those things. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, wait, I'm actually bringing this as an offering to that. Yeah. That idol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. Right. And so, so it is then the, the work of the spirit to call me out yeah. of that, you know? Um, but so, uh, this was really high productive, uh, older Christian guy that's in my life. I remember him, he said this to me about his kids. He said, as long as my kids love Jesus, anything after that is gravy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a barrier or a, not a barrier, but a, uh, uh, a, a moment for me to help check my heart, even with my kids. Am I making my family an idol, you know, yeah. and, uh, and going anything after love in Jesus is all gravy. <laughs> you know, I just want my kids to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, and am I thanking God for the blessing that my kids or my job or, you know, whatever, uh, it, we've got to go back to God and thank him for the blessing instead of yeah. making the blessing the object of our worship. I feel like I'm not a parent, so maybe I shouldn't speak to this, but I feel like that would be, that's a helpful phrase too. You're you're thinking about being a dog dad, aren't you? (laughs) Yes. This summer, (laughs) we'll see. Shout out, Maddie. Um, But we, uh, yeah, I I think that idea came to mind of if that's kind of the baseline of like kids loving Jesus, then that's going to give you a much better ability to accept each of your different kids for who they are oh, yeah. and their different yeah. gifts and struggles and, yeah. and things like that. Um, yeah. and just allowing them to be who, who they are instead of being you or being yeah. somebody else. Yeah. So. Amen to that. So Carl, I love how you let us off here and just this idea is this kind of this first question of how do I even recognize the idols that are in my life and just giving us that, that idea of, well, let me, uh, let me be attentive to both the positive and maybe the negative 
emotions mm-hmm. that are going on yeah. in me and trace those things back, mm-hmm. right? And if they, if if it's, you know, a, a numbing, I'm leading myself to a numbing behavior, mm-hmm. well, why am I doing that? Why mm-hmm. am I not leaning into Jesus mm-hmm. to bring me comfort? And if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if it's a, a positive emotion, right, I'm, I'm happy, I'm content, I'm valuable, I'm worthwhile, um, and it's not coming from Jesus, why is that, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I, that's, a, that's a super helpful tool. Well, another question that comes here this morning is this. How do you follow your priorities when you are struggling with a mental illness? Uh, so the, the priorities, I think, that we talked about here today in the sermon, the, the six life questions, uh, people with anxiety and depression, et cetera. Uh, how can believers break free of those alongside of therapy and sometimes medication? What do believers that struggle with this do? And then they reference Romans 7, uh, 14 to 25, which is a passage where Paul talks about this, uh, this struggle in the flesh, you know, where he, he says, I, I want to do the will of God. I want to follow the law of God, yet in my mind I'm able to do that, but in the substance of my life I keep falling short. You know, so I think seeing in that that verse there, this this struggle on this side of heaven, right? So for so for folks with anxiety, depression, or just really en- any mental illness, how do we follow Jesus in a life defining way? Um, that's a that's a big that's question. A huge question. Yeah, that's a big question. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I first want to say that like, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I. The father is not, if you have a mental illness, the father is not looking at you any differently or yeah. Yeah. He, he is not um, like looking for that to be cleaned up or changed. Like he is loving and caring for you right in the middle of that. And mm-hmm. so um, there doesn't have to be this, like I'm doing what I don't, you know, don't want to, it's, it's a physical, you know, chemical, all these different things that, yeah. that go into it. And so I just want to start with like, um, yeah, like you, you don't, you are accepted in that space, wherever that is, what, whatever the severity of the, the illness is. And yeah, I just yeah. figured we should start there. Yeah. And I, I think that Carl, that's such a good word because the father in heaven sees us and loves us just where we are. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the struggle that we have. And so I think this is the other side of what we talked about you know, today is that we're not called to live in isolation. Often in isolation, whether we're struggling with mental illness or anything else, isolation only makes that worse. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I really appreciate this person as they're asking this question and going, you know, medication, yes. <laughs> if, you're seeing a, if you're seeing a doctor and they're prescribing something for you, take it. Right. Totally. Um, you know, 100 uh, percent. Uh, God gives us doctors and we mm-hmm. believe that he's given them wisdom and insight. Absolutely. And uh, so we, we want to follow that. Um, but also see a therapist. Right. Yeah. And and you know what? Here's another. And I think another word that was important for me to hear uh, a long time ago about about therapy. Not every therapist is going to work for every person. Right. So not every counselor is a right fit for every person. So if you're seeing somebody and you're like, ah, this just isn't, it's not, it's not working, mm. you know, and, um, and it's not, not just simply because they're giving you truth and you don't want to hear it. That's yeah. a different kind of not working. Mm-hmm. But if there's just not that connection, if you don't feel bonded to that person um, or that they understand you or are empathetic to your struggle, it's okay to go and try a new, a new yeah, counselor. It doesn't mean counseling is the wrong option. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, and in each, and in different seasons of your life, you may need different counselors, you know, um, that's, I think that was, a, that was a really important word for my life, you know, um, a long time ago when I was like, oh, it should just fit. It should just work. Mm-hmm. Nope. It takes, 
it takes a little bit to work that totally. out, you know. Totally. So we shouldn't live in isolation. We should be caring for one another's burdens. Some, uh, for, for some, the burdens that we carry, not everybody can speak into that. That's why we need counselors, right? Because yeah. um, there's complicated things that are going on. And if you're seeing somebody and they're giving you, they've prescribed medication, take it, right? We want to yeah. walk in that, you know, with them. But I think what we are free from, and this is the passage in Romans chapter 7, if you read all of it, Paul is talking about the struggle in the flesh, mm-hmm. that we are we want to follow God's law, we want to give them over to our whole selves, we want to be completely obedient, yet we keep falling short, yet Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And, uh, and he says, therefore now there's no. And so when we read Paul, uh, the little hermeneutical trick or reading the Bible trick here is whenever you read Paul and there's a therefore, you need to pause and ask, what is the therefore, therefore? Because Paul is always writing, uh, hinging his argument. And so he's alluding back in 8.1 to, to chapter 7 and even to chapter 6 before that. And he's saying, in Jesus, there's no more shame, right? In Jesus, there is complete forgiveness. There's complete freedom. And, and while we still struggle on this side of heaven, we are, not, we, are, we are not defined by those things anymore. The life that Jesus gives us is complete. And so when the Father looks at us, he sees the complete picture of Jesus in us, no longer our failings or our shortcomings. Um, and yet he works through us in our suffering. Paul then goes on in Romans chapter 8, if you remember this one, is that he works all things for the good of those who love him. Right. Sometimes we that verse has been quoted in uh, terrible times of people's lives. For sure. Right. <laughs> but what it means is that God, even in the midst of our suffering, He works it for out for our good. Mm-hmm. Right. So even as we struggle, whether through mental illness or or anything else that we might suffer through, um, He's working it so that we would become more and more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in that, there's a testimony that others need to hear. Because there are other people that are struggling alongside of you totally. with that. And so I think, you know, as we talk about this question a little bit, um, you had mentioned this moment in worship this morning as you were thinking about it and about just how complete the Father's love mm. is in, in us, you know, um, and like you said, th- how the yeah. Father sees us. What was that moment for you? Yeah, there's a lyric in this, uh, one of the worship songs today that says, I'm so unworthy, but still you love me. Mm-hmm. And it's that's absolutely a truth. And when we... Um, are not in the family of God. We've not met Jesus and um, he's not the Lord of our life. That's totally true. But the moment that we cross over into salvation and uh, we have relationship with Jesus, that identity is totally gone. And sometimes I think it's unhelpful to sing that type of lyric over and over again. Not, not saying that, you know, today it was a wrong song choice or any of those things, but just to be reminded that, Oh, I am a new creation. The most core integral mm-hmm. um, characteristic about me is that I'm new, yeah. that Jesus is my righteousness, and um, the stuff that's you know happen- happening outside of that uh, is your flesh. It's it's not the most important part about you. And yeah. so just reminding ourselves that in in the singing of that song yeah. and, and those those themes. Yeah, I, right. So the, the core part of us is that Jesus gives us this new identity. And as he gives us these new priorities, the call of Jesus is that we would walk in in faithfulness. Now, mm. I think often, and maybe maybe this is at the heart of that question, or maybe maybe not, but I know for myself what I wrestle with is that I want to be perfectly faithful. Mm. And if I feel like I'm not being perfectly faithful, then God doesn't love me. Mm. And go back to the whole performance <laughs> mm. idol thing, you know, that yeah. we talked about earlier there. But 
that what God wants me to do is he wants me to take one step of increased obedience, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So, so how do I live out those priorities, whether I'm, when I, especially when I'm struggling with a mental illness, uh, you know, how do you just take one step of increased obedience mm-hmm. instead of being overwhelmed by the burden of I've got to do all this right now and I feel so unable to do that? What the Father is asking for each of us, mm-hmm. just take one step with me. Mm-hmm. Just keep taking one step with me and then look back and see how, how different your life is. Mm-hmm. Right? Take one step with me and see how now you're able to, when, when before you weren't able to process the situation, but now you, now you are. That's Jesus working in you and through you, you know? So as we just take one step, and we do, part of it is remembering that new identity that we're living out, and we need to, yeah. we need to, we need to be there. So, yeah. yeah. That reminds me of two kind of separate ideas, but related to that one step of obedience. The first is my favorite definition um, of discipleship actually comes from Ryan Blackwell, uh, a pastor who was in San Francisco, but he says it's walking with someone else, walking with another and taking one step closer to Jesus. And for me, I was like, oh my gosh, that that takes the burden off. That takes so much weight off of uh, this because I don't have to see this massive life change every time I hang out with someone, meet with a student, whatever it is, but it's just taking those single steps. And then we also today talked about life in the spirit and listening to the spirit. I think so frequently um, we, we get so worried about making it perfect but yeah. I think so often it's just these little things saying just yeah. yes um, to something small and as as we say yes to the Spirit's prompting yeah. and knowing that we don't have to get it perfect that He's going to give us more and more and the Spirit's going to speak over more things in yeah. your life. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you're, you're so right there, right? So it's, it's, you know, Christian brother and sister hear this gift of grace like it's not that we get it all right. It's just simply that we take one step with Jesus and we do that with other people. You know, so Carl, that's such, such a good word and such a good word to end here on today. So thanks for joining us, man. Thanks yeah, for, uh, you know, wrestling with these questions. Again, we want to create a dialogue around God's word mm-hmm. because we think it has the authority to change us and shape us by transforming our hearts and renewing our minds. And then Amen. that gets lived out in a brand new, brand new lifestyle through new priorities. So Carl, thanks for joining us and we will see you guys again next Sunday. Absolutely.